This is Vince G. Evans with ProWrestlingBigList.com, your source for all things pro wrestling. And you are listening to The Kings of the Ring. You are listening to The Kings of the Ring Podcast Network. Welcome to the official finale, folks, and it's a big one. To give you emotional time to recover from this, Kings of the Ring won't resume until September 1st, and for patrons, that'll be August 15. If you are a patron, you'll enjoy today's scene between Jesse James and the Southern Rebels, and if you don't hear that, it means you're listening to the wide release of Kings of the Ring, available on all podcast apps. I would again invite you to take advantage of the patron special, which means if you sign up as a patron, you'll be billed that initial fee, and that's it, until the new episodes resume end of summer. Uh, We've added a ridiculous number of patrons this season on all three tiers, and we want to keep that up and reward those who have with this offer. I don't want to charge anyone if we're not producing new episodes, although there will still be uh, pop-up shows and other stuff between now and the second half of the 85 season. Remember, that's access to the full extended edition of all episodes, which means one to two deleted scenes in every episode, plus other scenes extended. Also, the Breaking Kayfabe series for each episode that reveals the easter eggs and backstories to each episode of the show. I want to thank everyone who has listened to the show from the start or who just jumped in for this 1985 season. And I hope you'll enjoy the emotional and shocking finale. Today's episode would be rated MA for profanity, drug use, smoking, homophobic slurs, and sexual dialogue. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Kings of the Ring. The morning sun shines on Daniel Hawkins, sleeping in bed with two foxy ladies, far too good looking for someone that looks like him. Oh, 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 John, is that you? Did we get the final gate count for Wrestling America? It's our biggest ever, right? His face drops. Where did it happen? I'm afraid to ask. Did anyone survive? Kings of the Ring, Episode 10, Wrestle America. In the hallways of the police station, Precinct 37 in San Francisco, Julian Kane and Nigel Davies are escorted by a police officer down the hall, passing by a trio of hookers and their pimp. I'm glad you came, sir. Michelangelo was so drunk, he ended up in a gay bathroom. Don't even want to know what one of them queers was doing to him. Poor guy. He's one of my favorite wrestlers, too. Thank you, Officer Felix. Please take Mr. Davies to see Michael now, while I speak with your chief of police. In the corridor outside of the jail cells, the massive Michael Angel is walked over by two guards, arms handcuffed behind his back, where Nigel Davies waits, smoking a cigarette. Dear Lord, Michael. Michael looks up, still groggy and sick-looking. Oh, Nigel. Thank God you're here. Gotta get me out. It's a bit more complicated than in the past, Michael. But we're working on it. We? Julian is speaking with the chief of police right now. He's here? Are you crazy, old man? Why'd you do that Michael to me? Michael starts pacing around and the guards start to move in. Nigel puts his arms on his massive shoulders. Michael, calm yourself. I had no other choice but to tell Julian. It's our only chance of getting you out of here. What? It's okay, though. Trust me. Michael looks into Nigel's face, confused. His tears well up. If he had a problem with you being gay, 
who'd have fired you long ago. Don't call me that. I ain't gay. Michael, how many times must we go through this? I ain't no queer, Nigel. I don't even know how I ended up here. Michael pleads, deluding himself, as Nigel looks back at him, unsure what to do. Just help me. I'm only gonna fuck girls from now on. I promise. How did any of this happen? Why did you disappear after the Cow Palace show? I don't know. The audition. What happened? Nothing. I, I, I got the part. We spoke with Sylvester Stallone. He did not get the part. He was concerned for your erratic behavior. Why? I don't know. Michael looks away like a child, refusing to answer. I know there were other wrestlers there. Did something happen? Michael stops and looks at Nigel. Oh, it was Apollo Samson, wasn't it? Of course. He's receiving a massive push, isn't he, and also... I fucking hate that guy. That faggot. I hope it dies in that ring. Why? What is it? <laughs> he said Bert's like a father to him. Gabe's like a brother. Oh, yeah. Rubbing it in my fucking face. <laughs> now I know I ain't heard from Gabe in a coon's age. He can go to hell, too. <laughs> Fuck those guys. Fuck all of them. Michael. Michael, come here. Nigel pulls Michael in and hugs him as Michael cries Fuck into his it. shoulder. Fuck all. The chief of police sits back at his desk, his bald head covered by frizzy brown straggles of hair pushed over, keeping a steady glare on Julian as he sips his black coffee in a styrofoam cup. Some of the other guys at the precinct don't know, but I know. This guy of yours, this Michael Ironside, he's famous, really famous. The judges, participation in a lewd act, indecent exposure, and possession of a controlled substance. <laughs> Not a good look for your little wrestling TV show. In my job, you always want the big fish. Something that'll make the papers. USA Today, National Enquirer, the New York Times. Get some attention from that mayor finally. Help my department so I can clean this city up from all these pansies. And now I got the big fish. So make all the threats you want with all your fancy New York lawyers. But we caught your guy red-handed. Can't be denied or disputed. Julian thinks of how to approach this. I am head of a national company. Generating millions of dollars a year. Some might call me a powerful man, and I can smell our own, and I can see you, Chief Lawrence, are the real article. You project power. It's something we have to do, isn't it? To let people know. Sort of like this briefcase. He pulls up a leather-brown briefcase and shakes it as he feels its paper contents tumble inside. The newest Samsonite. Executive class. It just exudes power, doesn't it? Check out the Italian leather. Exquisite. And the interior is even more impressive. He opens the case, facing the police chief, whose eyes open wide when he sees stacks of cash bound and sorted. These babies hold all sorts of stuff. Isn't it beautiful? Julian stands. You know, I saw this movie last week called Back to the Future. Did you see it? 
It's that kid from Family Ties. And he gets behind the wheel of this big silver sports car and travels back in time. You see, Chief Lawrence, that's what I'd like us to do. Just go back in time. As if me and my colleague and young Mr. Ironside were never here. The chief looks at the large mound of cash before him. Now if you'll excuse me, this wonderful San Francisco coffee is just going right through me. I'll be back in five minutes. But by all means, please peruse this top-of-the-line piece of craftsmanship. Julian Kane steps out of the men's room and adjusts his tie. A police officer approaches Julian with his Samsonite. Forgot your briefcase, Mr. Kane. Julian takes it from the man's hand and shakes it gently, feeling that it's now completely empty. Thank you, officer. He turns, and Michael Angel and Nigel Davies are already walking towards him. We're free to go, Julian. They walk out of the police station. I, I don't know what you did, but I just have- Shut the fuck up, Angel. Don't you say a goddamn word. He moves up to his face as Nigel fears for Michael. I should let you rot in a cell the rest of your life, you deviant. Julian, please. You shut up too, Davies. He turns back to Michael, who's petrified. You better not bring that AIDS into my locker room. I don't have AIDS. Get ready for your new life of hell in the Empire. Julian starts walking away, and Nigel and Michael trot to keep pace. Nigel, you're coming to Atlanta, because we're mainstream now. Going right into SCW's backyard, into the Omni, while they run that shipwreck in Charlotte. And you need to make sure this kid doesn't suck any dicks from here to that ring. Nigel knows not to play with fire and says nothing. Michael just looks around, praying and wishing for a beer, some pills, anything. Charlie Gotch and son Nelly walk down the hallway of the Rochester Civic Center as the show is winding down. Gotta hand it to you, Dad. Putting Dan Sanders on top has really solidified AMW. Made things stable again. You damn cutin'. And word's spreading that the old All-American is back where he started in Minnesota, and the fans are coming out. Just look at Rochester tonight. People hang from the rafters like they are every night these days. Allowed us to run a double shot tonight, at least. Sanders should be in lacrosse by now. I know. And I hated to do that to these Rochester people sending the AMW champ away before intermission. God bless him. But they already paid their tickets, so who gives a flying fuck? Great attitude, Dad. Who'd you put on last? Baron Von Hammer with Brad Milkins? Nope. I put on my boys, the Apocalypse, Shark, and Buzzsaw. What are you, crazy? Putting those rookies on last? They should fight you right now. Charlie stomps out and bursts through the curtain, and Nellie follows behind as they walk out onto the arena floor. I know it's dark, Dad, but look around. Not one fan has left the building. Yeah, that is, Dad. Wonder why they're still here. Nelly smugly smirks as he lights a cigarette. All due respect to Sanders, but Dad, do you really have to ask? Charlie looks in the ring at the apocalypse, pummeling their opponents to the delight of the fans, and even notices teenagers at ringside with makeup on their face, just like Shark and Buzzsaw. In the Atlanta Omni locker room, 
Michael Angel sulks and tears off his elbow pad as he walks to his bag on the floor, barely having broken a sweat. He turns and looks across a locker room as some of the boys gather around Mr. Yoshi with his Intercontinental Championship belt now over his shoulder. The same belt he won at one of the greatest matches in EWF history last year at Empire Mania at Madison Square Garden and quickly taken away from him tonight. Hey brother, this is the first time the song yeah, is actually worth As he sits back, glaring as Tommy Aloha pours a can of Budweiser over Yoshi's head in celebration, he dips into his bag and pulls out a couple pills and throws them down his throat, realizing this is how it's going to be from now on. Numb and alone. Completely alone. Louis! The Tarzan kid approaches Louis the Greek. So what's the deal with Yoshi? You can't have any plans for him as champ. Uh, no plan though, we just to make him belt. Well, I got an idea. Put the belt back on me. I'm on a huge lucky streak with my pets lately. Let's keep it going. Kid, you still in Gamba? Yeah man, and I'm on a roll. Let's move that hot streak to the gate. Put me in Michael's spot as IC champ, and I'll sell out every B-show you can put me on. <laughs> you could've used your luck tonight. It looked like smallest crowd we have in five years. Oh shit, Louie, what do you expect? We got no Diamond Donnie to draw the local rednecks. These fucking hillbillies hate us. Don't you remember last year they were fucking picketing us in the street? <laughs> Why are we even here? Because we mainstream now. What the fuck does that mean? Never mind. Go get ready for your match. And don't tell Julian how small house is. From across the locker room, Julian Kane sees Mr. Yoshi with the belt and shakes his head in disgust. Then looks at Michael Angel slumped in a corner and starts getting angry all over again. Good evening, sir. How are you doing? Julian turns and sees a familiar face. Corporal punishment? What the fuck are you doing here? I fired you. I remember I grew up in Georgia, so uh, just visiting my folks. Thought I'd stop by and say hello to the boys. Julian turns about to walk away. Uh, to tell you the truth, Julian, I, I haven't been working. I talked to Daniel Hawkins and he still had heat with me from back when I first joined you. So you did what? I, I came back here, seeing if I could get my old job back. <laughs> you think it's that easy? No, no, not at all, sir, but I'm desperate. I ain't asking for a, a run, the title, or any kind of guaranteed spot. I just want to wrestle again. I'm begging you, Julian. You don't look like you're begging. I am begging you. I'm on my hands and knees. You don't look like you're on your hands and knees. Jerry pauses as Julian stares at him. Then he drops to his knees and puts his hands together as if he were praying and looks up at Julian's face. Some of the other wrestlers see this, stop what they're doing, and watch. Julian, I I'm begging you. I'm so sorry for what I've done to you and to the Empire. Just please take me back. Hercules Harris in his full Mobutu Zulu gimmick walks by, seeing Corporal Punishment literally groveling at Julian's knees, and he has to walk away. Hmm. Julian looks down at him and sneers, and gets off on the locker room watching, so they all know they're standing before the Emperor. Lucky for you, I am a merciful lord. You can come back. Oh, thank you, Julian. Thank you so much, Julian. Thank you. Jerry paws at Julian's legs. Get up. And you're
you're only getting half the pay of what you were getting before. You hear that, Louis? He turns to Louis the Greek, who's been watching this, and nods, feeling bad for Jerry. We don't need you in the Empire Wrestling Federation. We are mainstream. I even brokered a brand new toy and cartoon deal with Hasbro without you. Starring Thor Hansen as the American Viking, the number one patriot in the EWF. Jerry tenses up when he hears about Hasbro. But this is all the bed that you made, Jerry. It's time to lie in it. Hercules Harris and Les Henderson peek out the curtain onto the arena floor in disbelief at how small the crowd is. You looking for somebody? It's my hometown, Hindu. My family here, old friends. Come on out to see Hercules Harris and the Empire Wrestling Federation. But instead, they're getting a Mobutu Zulu what the fuck and about a thousand confused kids who look like they thought the circus was in town, not wrestling. Oh, chin up, Herc. They're gonna love your new gimmick. You're a big star now. We're mainstream, didn't you hear? <laughs> I don't think Atlanta heard we're mainstream yet. But the show just started. They'll come later. Probably waiting for Thor Hansen. That's why it's mostly kids. We're the real wrestling fans. I probably went up to Charlotte for the weekend. <laughs> Don't tell Julian I said that. I ain't no stooge, Hendo. No, but seriously, the people are probably just stuck in traffic or something. I doubt Jesse James and them are doing much better in Charlotte. Holy shit in a biscuit. I've never seen that many people at a wrestling show before. It's Wrestle America, and Miss Kitty and Barry Lovelace return from their match as Jimmy Buck and Jesse James are set to go out for theirs. What's it like out there? My match may be in the shits for all I know, but I never wrestled in front of a crowd that big. Look, I still got goosebumps. <laughs> nice work, you two. The small stadium in Charlotte, North Carolina, which has hosted everything from high school football to presidential addresses, has never been this full before. All the stands filled, with thousands more on the field, many of which paid to see this match for the payoff they've wanted for months. Watching Jesse James beat Jimmy Buck from pillar to post, and that's exactly what they got. And to teach Jimmy the final lesson, Jesse James hoists Jimmy Buck's scrawny little body and spikes his head through the mats with a pile driver for the pin. As Jesse circles the ring, soaking up the cheers, instinctively knowing how much time will be left for the Diamond Dining title match, he signals the ref. John Silver, the small-statured man regarded as the best referee in the business, who helped guide Jimmy through the match, gets on a knee, acting like he's checking on the fallen Jimmy Buck. You doing something? Time to go? No way. Get an ambulance. John Silver walks over to Jesse, who's about to step up in the corner of the ring to mug for the fans. Jesse said there's no time. No way, man. I need to sell this all the way. Call a fucking ambulance. It'll look great. Jimmy stares up in the summer sky, acting like he's paralyzed. He patiently waits for the ref to come back. Says that'll cost 500 bucks. No fucking way. 500 bucks? There's 30,000 people in here and he can't afford 500 bucks? I thought I was the only cheap prick in here. No nuts, Jimmy. All right. All right, just, just tell him I'll pay for it. Jesse can only stall so long as he steps through the ropes and peers into the stands as the referee sneaks in behind him one last time while Jimmy waits. You won, Jimmy. Ambulance is good. Watch this, John boy. We're just getting warmed up. Meanwhile in Atlanta... From the darkest deserts of Africa, Mobutu Zulu! 
Hercules walks down the aisle, balancing this, this ridiculous feather hat on his head, carrying a fake spear, feeling ridiculous. Go back there for good. He thinks how he wrestled in this very same arena two years ago for SCW, and fans cheered him. And now, these kids just see him as... I'm a big dumb animal, daddy! He tries to tune the people's words out as he gets towards ringside, and sees his parents about five rows back. And with this small crowd, you can hear everything. Go back there, you fucking... His mother clearly bothered, yelling at other fans. His father, despondent trying to take it all in. He steps through the ropes and does the cartoonish African dance Julian Kane taught him to do, just as he looks up at the front row and sees Mary, his first girlfriend, who he hasn't seen in years. Must have heard her old boyfriend is a big star with the Empire Wrestling Federation, came out to see him, and now she has, with tears in her eyes. Hercules punches the locker room and caves the entire door in. Fuck this gimmick. Fuck everybody. His old friend, Corporal Punishment, is still there, playing cards with Killian Cavanaugh. Hey, there. You gonna break your hand? Look at these, brother. Go back to Africa, they say. You see how dark I am. Well, this ain't a suntan. This is how dark I am. My whole life, all these kids would tease me. Call me African. Call me slave. Telling me to go back to Africa. Now here I am, a 30-year-old man, and I'm encouraging these motherfuckers to shout that bullshit at me all over again. What kind of man am I? Les Henderson shows up with a check. Hey, Brother Herc, here you go. Boy, you got some heat out there. You show this my check handle? It's bigger than I usually get. A lot bigger. Hey, Julian really loves you now. You got some big ideas. So get ready for some even bigger checks. As Henderson walks off, Hercules turns to Corporal Punishment and Killian. I guess this is the kind of man I am. And stuffs the check in his bag. Holy shit. Diamond Donnie Gold looks down at the Charlotte Memorial Stadium from a helicopter. The flashbulbs sparking out from the darkness of thousands of fans under the night sky. The view is awe-inspiring, as he remembers the last time he was in a stadium this size was last year in Puerto Rico, where he caused a riot and was almost murdered, when suddenly a gust of wind blasts the chopper and it drops. The chopper stabilizes, and Donnie Gold says a silent prayer as it makes its way safely to the ground. Ooh, it was close. He steps out of the helicopter and navigates his way out without tripping over his feathered robe as he looks downfield to the ring where a noticeably nervous Bo Riggs awaits. Donnie thinks to himself how nobody in the business, not Thor Hansen, Hollywood Buddy Melrose, nobody looks as good as him right now. Oh <laughs> yeah. Kings of the Ring will be back after these messages. You're a part of me. You're in a catch up. Touch the heart of me. Your cat's a big part of your life, so make Purina Cat Chow brand cat food part of his life. It's all the nutrition cats need to help them live healthier, happier lives. What's more, veterinarians recommend it most. Purina Cat Chow, part of a healthier, happier life. I was sitting in my boss's office when I got the worst itch. Ah, Avino. This weather makes my skin so dry. 
Ah, Aveeno. Aveeno, the oatmeal treatment for itchy, sore skin. Aveeno Bar cleans skin every day without soap. Aveeno Bath gives fast relief with soothing natural oatmeal. I was the first kid camp to get poison ivy. Ah, Aveeno. Aveeno Bath, Aveeno Bar. Ah. We're now returned to Kings of the Ring. As Nigel Davies and Louis the Greek try to keep Julian Kane from going out to the arena floor, Bad Bad Leroy Brown shows up in his brown leather pants, black leather jacket, and dude hat, but on crutches. Julian turns. What the fuck is all this? You're at an angle I didn't hear about, Louis. No man's from when I busted up my knee in the ring. Doc told me I'm gonna need the surgery. What? How long? Says it'll be a year. A year? What are they giving you a bionic leg? You want us to change your name to Steve Austin? Junior, I can barely walk. You know that's all the work, right? All this surgery bullshit. We're just working you to get more money out of us. Right, Bilson? Dr. Bilson walks by with his medicine chest of drugs. This Julian, he doesn't need surgery. It's all bullshit. I'll be back better than ever. Like it was back in the 70s. They're fixing up stuff I should have fixed years ago. What good does that do me for the next year, Leroy? I featured you in our fucking MTV song. You're on all our company posters. Now you're leaving? And to think I turned that Hercules into an African for nothing. I could have just given him your spot. Wait, wait, Julian, please. In all honesty, Zulu's probably enough to draw the blacks we need anyway. Go on, Leroy. Have fun with your surgery. I think you sold about all the tickets for me you're ever going to sell anyway. Let's be honest. You're not nearly as over as you used to be. I ain't done. I can come back early. I'll work my ass off. Your contract clearly states you're not getting a dime until you do. Remember, Brown, I own you. Now go fuck yourself. Leroy tries to act like everything's okay as he leans in on his crutches and heads towards the door where the other former Alliance headliners are. Michael Angel, leaning back, Eyes closed, numbing out the pain. Corporal Punishment, who can barely muster up a smile for Leroy. And Hercules Harris, who can't even look anyone in the eye as he packs away his African headdress. Crusher Krawcheck and his young lawyer are at a diner in downtown St. Louis. I don't have two million dollars. Hey man, you're a legendary wrestler. I thought you guys were all millionaires. Crusher gives him a dirty look. I'm gonna have to sell Heartland to pay off Sluck, aren't I? I don't think I can get two million for it, but... Since you don't have the money, you're gonna have to declare bankruptcy, and all your assets will be sold at auction, and Michael Sluck will get all the proceeds. That means Heartland, your house, everything. What do I live on? Kindness of strangers? <laughs> Crusher's not amused. <laughs> Sorry, dude, but looks like you might have to put off retirement for another year or twenty. <laughs> hey, you should join that new Empire Wrestling Federation I saw on the America Channel. How am I gonna tell my wife? This was our life savings. This was everything. <laughs> what can I say, man? Shouldn't have hit that guy. The entire dressing room is gathered in the back of Charlotte Stadium as the 4th of July fireworks blow off for the fans of SCW to end Wrestle America. Everyone gather around, gather around. You know, 
People claim to like new things, uh, like this new Coke. And it come out this year and everybody drinking it. You know what happened? As exciting as that new Coke was, once the hype went down, people started to realize it didn't taste that good now, did it? As a matter of fact, new Coke was the shits. You know what they gone done now? They're bringing old Coke back. Goodbye, new Coke. Hello, Coca-Cola Classic. Andy Boy Hawkins, tell the boys what Empire drew in Atlanta tonight. 1,907 tickets sold. <laughs> new Coke. I'll tell them what Coca-Cola Classic drew tonight. Waiting on final number, but we passed 28,000 tickets sold. Largest crowd in SCW or CWA history. All right, brother, knew we could do it. Now, I made a promise to many of you on that Black Saturday when Julian Kane stole SCW and fired everybody. You ride with me, and I'll take us to the mountaintop. Well, that's where we are, fellas, and it only gets better from here. We're just getting started. Yeah, shit. SCW getting so big, or oh, we just might have to go national too and show Julian Kane how it's done. Ha <laughs> ha. Wouldn't that be a hoot? Now, Let's get off the saloon. First round on the outlaw. At the Chicken Coop in Tulsa, Oklahoma, the boys of All South Wrestling are celebrating a strong house at the Fairgrounds Arena, and Burt Ironside has joined them for the first time in a long time. Chris Stanley, after having a few beers with Apollo Samson up at the bar, builds up the courage to sit with his uncle Burt, who's at a booth with Booker Peyton Thomas and the announcer Russ Linderman. Uncle, can I sit with you guys for a minute? Since my only other blood is in the hotel room talking on the phone to his damn wife, I guess you'll have to do, boy. <laughs> Peyton Thomas scoots over to make room for Chris. Bob Squat, kid, we're doing shots. Russ lays out a line of glasses and Bert pours the bottle of Jack Daniels across all of them, splashing whiskey all over the table. Isn't this the place you and that Bobby Rivers kid got in that bar fight? Chris is immediately taken back to that horrific night. Uh, I know that was a uh, bubble sinkhole. Good old Tama bit that fucking Mark's nose off. <laughs> Shame what Julian Kane did to him. Turned him into some kind of Chinese monster. Anyway, here's mud in your eye. They all do their shots as Chris's face contorts at the stinging hard liquor, and he clutches the edge of the table, trying not to throw up. Come on, boy, buckle up. To Apollo Samson and the kid who discovered him. Peyton winks at Chris as they all down another shot. And here's to the World Wrestling Alliance. SCW is hot. All South is on fire. Julian Kane's shit in the bed in Atlanta. Like always, the Alliance wins in the end. All due respect, Uncle, but this isn't close to over. All right, no more shots for the kid. <coughs> With their roster, TV syndication package and cable TV deals, the Empire is still the strongest the strongest territory in the country by a mile. Well, I guess you're at the wrong table, boy. You probably book yourself a one-way ticket to New York. I'm, I'm sorry, Uncle. It's not what I meant. What I'm saying is, they may be stronger than anyone in the Alliance, but they're not stronger than the whole Alliance. Yeah, so? If we have the firepower, why don't we use it? 
instead of celebrating little victories here and, and, and little victories there. Team up and blow Julian Kane out of the water. Peyton interjects. The kid's right. Answer was there all along. Picture Diamond Diney Gold, Apollo Sampson, Dan Sanders, Jesse James, Gabriel Angel, the Southern Rebels, Raylan Crenshaw, the Russians, the Apocalypse, Crusher Crutcher, everybody. All on one show. Peyton and Russ are still as they look to Bert Ironside, who's kept his poker face. Bert, looking grim, lights a cigarette and glares at his nephew. Boy, when you want to recruit these bar bouncers in the business, thought you were one-eighth shy of a full house. But you were right. Let's do it. So what's our final tally, boys? 8,000? 10,000? Um, it might be a little less than that. Fans may have been late coming, but where else can they see the star of Rambo in person? Uh, Julian, don't go there. People might see you and... Uh... Julian Kane steps out onto the arena floor, with Nigel Davies and Louis the Greek behind him. Thor Hansen and Killian Kavanaugh are battling in the ring in the center of the 18,000-seat Omni, before a crowd of only 2,000 people. Julian, there are lots of circumstances to today's event. We can't draw any conclusions by this one single gate. This was a mistake to come here. Atlanta don't like Empire. And it's 4th July. They go and light the firework. Who want to see wrestling? What did Jesse James draw in Charlotte? Um, more than we did. How much more? Do you really want to know? Say it. 30,000. Julian grits his teeth in rage as Les Henderson walks out. Hey guys, you're not going to believe he was here. Julian better come, he was asking for you. Hollywood Buddy Melrose, you made it. Julian's face lights up with uncharacteristic joy as he sees Buddy Melrose in a business suit in the locker room talking with Marauder number 2. Sorry I missed the show, is Thor still wrestling? I'd like to see him. Yes, go on out there. As Hollywood steps away to the arena floor, Julian turns to Nigel, Hendo, and Louie. You see that? Hollywood Buddy Melrose in the Empire Wrestling Federation. This is how you build an empire. This is how you squash your enemies. Nigel, Louie, and Hendo look at each other like Julian's insane. Nigel, book us the finest restaurant in Atlanta. We're going to celebrate tonight's victory in style. I'll make some calls. Louis pulls Julian aside. Julian, we draw worst crowd for Empire in five years. Yet the body Melros walk in, and you act like a wrestling war over and we win. You sound like Mark for body or something. He don't even wrestle. He retire. We can't even use him. He's not wrestling. He's working with you, with us. We don't need him. We have Nigel, Hendo, me, plus the others. This other isn't about what we gain. It's about what Charlie Gutch loses. Buddy Melrose is his best friend, his partner for decades, the face of AMW for 20 years. And now he's here with Thor and now Buddy. Gotch's future and his past both belong to me. I knew it. This eat you have with Charlie Gutch. It's no business. 
It personal. From very first start, you always take extra pleasure, hurt Charlie Gutch. Why you ate him so much? Julian turns and looks back into Louis's eyes. You say I have a personal grudge with Charlie Gotch? Maybe I do, but this business is built on grudges. Revenge, hatred. It's why they formed the alliance in the first place. And why I built my empire. Why do I hate him? Julian turns and looks back into Louis's eyes. I have my reasons. Julian strides away down the hallway, past wrestlers, security, and arena employees. As he pictures himself as a nine-year-old boy, his father Jonathan Kane, and his mother. With champagne in hand, Donnie stumbles with a girl on the plane runway as their cab drives off. Waylon Thorpe, Bo Riggs, and the pilot are standing with their suitcases outside of a small plane. Uh. <laughs> you don't just want us to drive, Danny? No. If the boys are almost in Greenville already, we need to beat those assholes to the bar. Right, Hetty? Isn't it supposed to storm tonight? The pilot answers. That's down by the coast. Just a little sprinkle for us. Where's the king air? Mr. Hawkins changed the plane to this one. I knew it. That cheap son of a bitch didn't think we'd sell out the stadium. Yeah, this won't fit us. Get another plane. We got space for four total. Maybe in one of them. There's no room for your girlfriend, Mr. Gold. Fuck what you heard. Donnie turns to Bo Riggs. Beat it, Greenhorn. You're driving. Bo storms off, but holds in his anger, not wanting to talk back to a veteran. Even though he was half the biggest drawing match in Southeast history, now he's driving alone to the next town. Wayland Thorpe leaves him with words of encouragement. I'll see you at the hotel, Bo. Congratulations on the main event tonight. You should be proud. Bo doesn't turn around to thank Wayland. He's still stewing as the pilot loads up the cases in the storage compartment and sees Donnie's luggage. That's too much. Wayland, who the fuck is this guy? Brother, you're talking to the world's heavyweight champion. I put my fucking suitcase in there and take me in. What's your name again, sweetheart? Bambi. Take me and Bambi to Greenville. Whatever you say, Mr. Gold, it's more like it. They look inside at the two seats in the back and the smaller seat up next to the pilot. Waylon starts towards the back. Come on, big chief, move up front. Oh, come on, Danny. These long legs won't fit up there. Brother, they promised to take this girl to the Mile High Club. Waylon looks at the back seats again, which look more like the cockpit of an F-15 than the back seat of a Thunderbird, and gives Donnie a look. At least with my finger. You and me, brother. Let's get this party shaking, baby. <laughs> oh, yeah. Ah, uh, whoa. <laughs> the plane dips and swerves. Oh, that was a good one. Everything okay, brother? Just a little turbulence. A little windier than it was down there. Come on, baby, you need to be. Come on, please, baby. I mean, baby. Let's do this. Come on. Up ahead, Waylon looks in the distance and sees the crackle of lightning. Holy shit. Are we going the right way? You said the storm was on the coast. Something's going wrong. <laughs> Come on, brother. Enjoy the ride. <laughs> mayday, mayday. This alpha not a pop-up. Second status on the storm over Cornic Water. 
Come on, come on, you son of a bitch. He drops the radio and clutches both handles of the steering oh, shit. car. Everybody brakes for landing. Oh, you're taking the street in the forest. Groggy as him, a cut on her forehead, mud and soot splattered on her face. Uh, yeah, just hit my head. He looks around. They're in the forest in the middle of nowhere. Small trees crushed beneath them. The plane ripped open. As the smoke starts to lift, he looks up at the pilot chair, and no one is in the seat. In front of him, he sees the back uh, of Wayland's head. Wayland, get up, you big stupid Indian. He shoves Wayland's seat, and Wayland's head tips over to the side, lifeless, as Donnie sees a long, bloody tree branch pierced through his body. Oh no, Wayland. Please, no, brother. Fuck. Let me help you, brother. Sweeter, help me out. Help me out of here. My legs are pinned down. I can't move. Somebody help get me. Get me out of here. Donnie looks down to free himself. When he sees, there's nothing pinning him down. His legs are free as he feels the side of the plane bent into his back. Oh, God. My legs. I can't feel my legs. I can't feel my legs.